This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, everyone. It is October 22nd, 2019, and... Well, let's just put it this way, folks. The Sharks didn't do a great thing tonight. They lose 4-3 to three after having a two-goal lead. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks postgame. If you want to be part of the show, you know how to join us. Join us in the YouTube chat on the page or the app. And, of course, follow us on all over the social media landscape. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, you name it, you love it, you got us right there. All right. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Hi, Erica. I felt like this one kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. It was kind of uh, a little bit of a letdown. A little? A little. Uh, I mean, you blow a 2 nothing lead in a, in a place where freaking have the toughest time in the world i think buffalo is 18 2 and 1 uh since moving to uh the place formerly known as marine midland arena uh and the sharks have only won three times in in buffalo so it's a tough one but you know these sabers they are good they are really good yeah they're the uh the real deal <laughs> and they don't have james neal on it yeah, that's yeah. I was gonna go yeah. for that. <laughs> so let's start this game. Let's talk about this. You know, uh, first big road trip of the season for the Sharks. They they head out on the East Coast. They got Buffalo. They got Montreal and Toronto. Uh, they start with Buffalo, which has always given them tough times. But uh, they really got off to a really sloppy start those first few shifts. Yeah, I mean. The opening shifts, I, I thought, were kind of a harbinger of things to come. Luckily, you know, I was a little bit wrong there. But it's the same old, same old defensive woes continuing to rear their ugly heads. I mean, you would think that they would um, learn from the previous mistakes about uh, checking guys uh, that come into the um, defensive zone, um, standing up at the blue line. Uh, instead of just letting them walk right down Main Street, <laughs> so to speak. Um, again, it's just mental lapses leading to big defensive breakdowns. Uh, uh-oh. All right, let me uh, let me go and see so, what's going on here. Yeah, let, you fix that, and I'll talk about your 546. Dylan Gambrell with his first regular season uh, goal on a tip from an Eric Carlson shot. And Marcus Sorensen, so we get on the board right away. Uh, now it's goal. saying that you you're muted. I, I am <laughs> muted myself. That they they got they'll get it back. So, uh, but five forty six in Dylan Gambrell with a nice tip, uh, something that the Sharks always miss from a certain somebody that that decided to bail on uh, uh, to Dallas. So, uh, what did you think from Gambrell? I, you know what? This has been a long time coming. Gambrell, to me, has been very much continue uh, continue to get better. Um, and, you know, it, to me, this was, again, just a 
goal that you want to see from him. This is kind of, you know, it's it's funny, but he's kind of become the heir apparent to Joe Pavelski insofar as being the tipper and being the college guy. And, you know, I, I think it's a lot to thrust on him. I think, though, that it's nice to see him get rewarded in front of the net and just, you know, dropping him down to that fourth line and letting him feast on some inferior competition. It's good to see from him. Definitely. Uh, and, and nice to see secondary scoring from the from the second six, for sure. And Gambrell's been working on it a lot lately. Uh, five minutes later, 1046, uh, Ferraro takes a tripping call. Uh, first of two tripping calls on, on the evening for him. That sets up a Sabres power play. That doesn't occur for anything. Uh, nothing happens there. And then 1523, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic makes it 2 nothing on a nice uh, passing play f- with Timo Meyer and Patrick Marlowe. Uh, Patty with his uh, fourth point with the team now, and, but Vlasic pinching, pinching at the right time. Yeah, I I totally agree. I thought Marlowe did a great job with the, uh, with the pass back uh, to Vlasic, and Vlasic just nets a beauty. And he bears it past Hutton, who was on a crazy shutout streak entering tonight uh, to make it 2 nothing. So shots 14-10 in favor of Buffalo after one period of play. The faceoff slight edge to Buffalo, 57-43 in that one. Uh, I thought the Sharks played a really good road period there. Had a rough, st- rough start, but I thought they picked it up nicely. Yeah, I, I also felt like the rough start... Uh, it didn't affect them. They kind of waded through that that kind of horrible play in their own zone uh, through the first, I don't know, five to seven minutes. And then, you know, really picked up the pace. I thought that they uh, took the, the play to the Buffalo Sabres. I thought that even at the end of the period, there was still a flurry of activity. And, you know, it's exactly what you want to see. It's it's the hard four check. It's the good neutral zone passing. It's those quick one up passes and and you're off to the races. Um, you saw lots of sustained pressure uh, in the second half of the first period. Um, and it bears out in the stats. Yep. And they uh, looked like they were taking care of things early on. And then in the second period, a little bit of a collision between uh Timo Meyer and Jack Eichel. Looks like Jack Eichel hit a rut in the ice in the neutral zone. He falls down. That looked a little more scarier than we thought. Both players kind of were a little wobbly as they went to the respective benches. Both would be okay, but Meyer, I I thought, oh boy, that could be a big big issue there for uh for Timo. Yeah, that was a that was a collective sigh of relief once we saw Timo get back onto the ice. It seemed like maybe he missed a shift, um, but you know what? Again, it, good to see him back on the ice. Didn't seem to have any ill effects going through uh, the rest of the game tonight. Yep, and looking at that, and uh, it seemed like that that kind of was like a spark plug for Jack Eichel as things get going at uh, six ten. You know, Barkley Goodrow takes a tripping call. That sets up a Sabres power play against a great Sharks penalty kill, which is the best in the NHL. However, Jack Eichel buries one, his fifth of the season on the power play from Rasmus Dahlin and Olafsson at 721 to cut the lead in half for the Sharks. Yeah, and that was 
that was kind of a, a crappy goal to give up. Um, I didn't. I mean, you you saw Jones in in good position, and you thought he was going to have that, um, but it just squeaked through. And again, it's inconsistencies um, in his game that will. Di- I mean, it, it, it's whether or not he can get rid of the inconsistencies in his game. And that's going to dictate how far the sharks are going to go. I mean, they're going to only go as so far as, as their number one is going to take them. And if you're giving up squeakers, you're giving up one or two bad goals a game. It's going to cost you points in the standing. And really, I mean, if the sharks would have held on, um, you know, and, and instead of giving up that goal and maybe only giving up one goal during the, during that period, we'd be talking about a Sharks win and, you know, them being able to get back to 500. Now we're talking about, you know, the eventual overtime loss. And it starts with those, uh, you know, tweener kind of goals. You've got to have those. Yep. You definitely have to have them and you definitely need to keep pushing. And I think they let the let the foot off the gas in the second period where Buffalo has been really dominant. I think they had were coming into tonight like a plus nine goal differential uh, in the middle frame. Uh, 10.43, Ferrara would take a questionable uh, tripping call. DeBoer was pissed oh about this. What did you think of it? Oh, I was I was pissed as well. To me, this was a perfect, perfectly executed hip check at the blue line. This is exactly what you want Ferraro doing. I think if anything, uh, you know, when Ferraro skates back to the bench there, you know, PDB is going to give him a pat on the back and be like, hey, look, you know, that's exactly what you need to be doing. Um, good hit. Uh, and you, we just got on the wrong end of a call there. And, uh, you know, the the you'll go through it and you'll look at it and you'll look at it again. It's it's square to the hip of the uh, attacking player. Um, it's right as the, the player has the puck. So you can't, uh, you know question whether or not it's going to be an interference penalty because of um you know where the puck is in play so really the only thing that you can call there is tripping and to me you're executing a great body check you're putting a attacking player out of position that's textbook 101 standing up at your blue line i I don't know what else you do there um i think nine times out of ten that's gonna you know gonna be legal I think the Sharks has kind of got jobbed on this one, unfortunately. And I hate to bring out the the tinfoil hat conspiracy, but, you know, they kind of got jobbed on it. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, Buffalo didn't do anything on the power play in that one. Uh, but it seems like tripping has been the, the penalty du jour uh, of night. And it seems like that's kind of been like that for a number of games this season. Uh, Buffalo takes a penalty at 1402. Yokoharu, uh, gets called for tripping and that doesn't result in anything for the Sharks power play, which has been on a great run lately. Uh, unfortunately the late goals bite the Sharks in the end at 1929, Sam Reinhardt with his fourth of the season from Listelainen and Jack Eichel uh, ties it up late in the second. And, and one of those backbreaker goals that you, uh, you, you want them to have. Yeah. I mean, uh, that one is is that one really sucks because of the timing um you know and and to me 
you know, this is really where you see the start to the start of the sag, you know, because they're going to sag going into the, into the next period. So, you know, good on Buffalo for the sustained pressure, good on them for getting on the Sharks in the uh, last minute of that period. Uh, but again, it, it starts with um, another miscue in the defensive zone. It's um, EK65 not clearing a puck um, and not clearing a man out in front of the crease. And that said man eventually scores. And, you know, he's been a wonder on offense. You know, he, he's been putting up points and driving play, but he's suspect in his own zone right now. Um, you, you can't continually ask Brendan Dillon to bail him out time and time again. Brendan Dillon has been doing a magnificent, magnificent job covering up the EK 65 holes, but at some point you're going to have to have your, your highest paid defenseman make some defensive plays and, and, uh, you know, it, to me, this goes to, to show you that, Again, the Sharks are just a mess in their own zone right now. Yeah, but they have, I thought, within the last five games, they have been a lot better in their zone. But here and there, they've been having their hiccups. Yeah, I I, again, I I think that they're they're starting to figure it out, but it's those brain farts that are just you know not even not even what would i what would i characterize them as yes they're egregious however most of the time you can get away with them but at this point in time it it seems to be magnified every time that they do make a mistake because it's ending up in the back of the net so it's it's a work in progress you know the the bob bugner defensive scheme or whatever is going to take some time to to readjust to but still i mean these are very very easily mistakes to correct and they're still continuing to be made i I just i don't understand it and i don't understand you know what the problem is you know getting getting the defenseman to clear the zone out you know and 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 for the defensemen to make clean passes out of the zone so it you know these are going to bury the sharks and they're only going to go so far as their defensive structure is going to take them and and that also you can't just blame one on the defense you also have to give credit to the forwards who need to uh maybe not just go for for the quick breakout into their zone maybe they got to pick up uh, the defensive uh, miscues. I mean, they don't need to, you know, make a five-person wall behind in front of Jones, but at the same time, maybe help out and support in getting those pucks out to, um, you know, in keep the puck possession going, which is supposed to be one of their things that they're supposed to be very good at. So, uh, shots in the second period, ten-five in favor of Buffalo. Again, like we said, the Buffalo's uh, second period is one of their best ones for sure. In the third period, uh, things didn't get any better. 45 seconds in, Jeff Skinner, the guy who stole Logan Couture's uh, Calder Trophy, he gets his sixth of the season from Jack Eichel and Yoki Haru uh, on this one to give the Sabres a 3-2 lead and completely erasing what the Sharks had built up in the first. 
Yeah. And again, this was another goal that I really didn't like. Um, you know, I felt like Jones should have had this one. And um, again, it's just a, a defensive breakdown when you have, you know, when you have goaltending that is shaky. We'll just we'll we'll, we'll say that, um, you know, you're 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 going to be wondering if these mistakes are going to end up in the back of your net. And, you know, it did. And Buffalo drew off of that and continued to take it to the Sharks. Really, the Sharks kind of got back their mojo probably midway through that um, that third period. Yep. And it, it didn't help any that uh, Eichel takes an interference call on LeBanc at 622. Nothing seems to come of it. I thought they built some good chances, but it was almost like one and done on that power play. Then Barkley Goodrow, you know, he, he takes a late hit from former Vegas Golden Knight, Colin Miller. Gee, I wonder where he learned that idea from. Uh, gets Goodrow upset. He takes a boarding call once the puck goes into the corner. That sets up Buffalo power play. And, and well, before then, a subsequent, you know, brouhaha in the corner, which uh, only got Goodrow uh in that sense, but uh, then once uh, it, it, and let's quickly break that one down because I, I do not understand how they only give one penalty there. And, and you know, I, I would at least think that that the third man in who's who's laying the, the lumber on um, on Barkley would get some kind of, um, you know, like, again, third man in kind of penalty um, or a rough or whatever to cancel out the, the Barkley hit. Um, the Barkley hit, you can see he takes the extra stride and that's, what's going to kill you is when you take that one or two extra stride going into the player, they're going to call that a, a board or a charge, whatever, you know, whatever they want to call the, the soup du jour of the day. Um, and so, you know, it's a retaliatory penalty in the fact that Barkley kind of took a number and, and wanted to ream the guy that got him, but. Again, I don't understand the uh, the refs there and trying to, um, you know, really even even out the calls and especially that late in the third. You know, no, most of the time the refs are going to hold their whistles in the third period, um, which is the way that I I'd, I'd like to see it. You know that, and I think consistency, consistency, consistency is the name of the game here, and just kind of as as the sharks have gone, you know, it's, it's been, it's been very inconsistent game to game. We, we really don't know what the standard is and it takes, you know, that 20, 30 game mark before the, the referees really settle into the groove of the season and what they're going to be calling. But, you know, game 30, I think that those, those, uh, those penalties would, would even out um, and you would get a four on four situation there. Instead, the sharks are kind of on the wrong end of that one. And, uh, Got to kill that off. Yep, and they do kill it off, and it seemed like they gained momentum from it. And then uh, at eleven twenty-seven, nice uh, pass over to Eric Carlson. He gets his first of the season on a nice shot, uh, beating Carter Hutton uh, from LeBanc and Marlow. Marlow with two assists on the night. It makes this game tied up three-three. What did you think of our uh, namesake getting the tying goal? Something you know, to be it, happy about, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're uh, again. It's the uh, Eric Carlson giveth, Eric Carlson taketh away, and at, at this point, he's the uh, giving kind of Eric <laughs> in that moment. Um, and he uh, and he gets the goal, and you know what? He caught Carter Hutton coming uh, coming across his crease. Um, he's going from post to post there, and he's able to slide it in underneath the pads, and he's got a goal. And that's what you got to do you, when you've got, uh, you know, a goaltender like Hutton, who's who's kind of been on a roll. You have to get him moving. I mean, that's every goalie's weakness is moving side to side. Well, maybe except for Mark Andre Fleury, who has some superhuman Gumby legs. But um, you know, at most goaltenders, uh, you'll get some good opportunities, and you'll get some good. Um, you know, you'll get some good goals from from moving them side to side. So Eric Carlson not dusting it off, just taking a quick shot, and he's rewarded for it. So good on him. Um, ends up, I think, making up for his, his defensive uh, breakdowns tonight. But at the end of the day, do you want to see him, you know, give up a goal and score a goal? Or do you want to see him maybe better in his own defensive zone and, you know, contributing with, um, you know, good breakouts? I don't really know at this point because I feel like we already have that player in Brent Burns, right? You know, he is very much the, <laughs> you know, one-dimensional kind of player and not very good in his own own zone. And can you afford to have two of the players on your back end? Uh, well, that's, I mean, we're expecting to have an offensive-minded def- defenseman uh, with Burns and Carlson. Um, you can do that, but you also have to make sure you're also defensively, you know, responsible for everything. Um, you can't be, you know, one-sided. Otherwise, you're going to get in a heap of trouble, especially as a defenseman. So, game would be even 3-3 after regulation. Then we go into overtime where I don't think the Sharks really got much uh, going. Uh, maybe a bad change leads to a um, two-on-one uh, down low. Ristolainen with Eichel. There was a shot. It was a save. Eichel dives and buries it in before the net comes off from Joe Thornton. Buffalo wins this one 4-3 in overtime. Ristolainen, Casey Middlestat on the assist on the game-winning goal there. Uh, close. Close to, uh, you know, but uh, close to goaltender interference, would you see? So, I mean, it was worth a shot. I didn't see how it was going to really equate to anything, um, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I, I saw it as, um, I, you know, I saw it as a trickle in, right? I, I think I saw it as. As Jones really not, um, you know, not holding that puck there, um, not able to get at it, and it trickles in, and you know you're gonna get you're gonna get those kind of goals. Those are that's right. a greasy goal, but you know I think what everybody's yelling in the chat is that uh, you know Kevin LeBanc cannot be, you know, out there on the three on three for so long yep. and, and and just preceding that um whiffs on a two on one i mean that should have been a bang bang play um you know and at least got a shot on goal prior to that right. 
And so, uh, you know, you, you just you just got to wonder, what's he thinking there? Is he trying to, you know, get off on a chains? Is, is, is he trying to, um, you know, maybe open up a little wide just in case EK65, um, you know, needs an option outlet? I, I, I don't know, but boy, that was the wrong play to make there, and it directly cost them a point. And Couture, called them, Couture called it out at the end, saying, quote, it's an excusable change. Two guys stayed out for long looking for offense. It's a selfish play. Um, you know, uh, it's it's one of those ones that, uh, you know, that's that's the point, you know. So they lose four to three. Um, yeah, as AJ's mentioning, if the Kings one goal lead over the Jets holds up, the Sharks will wake up tomorrow morning last in the Pacific. Uh, for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations, three, four, and one isn't exactly where you want to be. Uh, Rob Humphrey adding on to that. This assuming this team ever wakes up, uh, you know that's that's the whole whole issue here is that this team needs to wake up they they need to be a little more clearer or you know i don't know if it means more coffee more practicing with each other you know for that matter uh mole rat 33 not to mention him shooting it at jones and ot lol come on now so you know it, it's it's these early quirks that you know we're we're almost a month into the season now and what's going on you know i mean we we had a nice three game winning streak we thought i mean they played a good game against buffalo on saturday night uh at the tank uh just these little headaches keep going going out to which aj saying the sharks clearly need one more 40 year old so uh landy sorry i'm gonna have to go come out of retirement and uh help out uh, just plant me in front of the net i'll just try to block everything for a uh, defensive positioning just bubble wrap me at this point right yeah i mean you know these are <laughs> This just continues to add to the inconsistency of the Sharks uh, this season. Um, you know, it's it's felt like they've had to adapt um, to a different style defensively. It's felt, it, you know, I felt feel like they've had to adapt to integrating new players offensively. I right. feel that the forward situation is kind of solidified. Um, you, you're you're seeing now you know, three solid lines. Um, you know, it's good to see Patrick Marlowe get back onto the score sheet tonight. Um, he looks a little slow out there. You know, his timing isn't great yet, but it's getting better. It's definitely a work in progress. Um, still that right wing slot on, um, on, uh, Kane and hurdles, um, you know, right wing is, is still vacant. I, I, I think Noah Gregor has jumped into a situation and done the best that he has. Right. But you need to get some, you need to get some production out of that on a, out of that slot. Well, and you know, he, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, so I just, you know, I, I just feel like it's still uh, a maturation process. Yes. 
but it, you also can't take forever to let a kid mature. So, you know, in my mind, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, we're, we're letting the kids have it, but at some point they've got to get, get a, uh, another difference maker at white right wing. Um, I, you know, and, and I need to see more out of the hurdle line. I, you know, they've been very inconsistent. Um, to me, the best line tonight was the fourth line. I thought Gambrell, every time he touched the puck, every time his line was out, was the hardest working line. Um, they were the most uh, efficient at breaking it out and, you know, really seemed to give all the rest of the, the lines a, a, a kind of a boost of energy. Um, I like Joe Thornton and Sorensen together. Um, they, you know, they seem to reignite their chemistry right away. And, uh, you know, it's good to see pickles on the, uh, on the scoreboard, but defensively in their own zone, you know, they're, they're, that's just a mess, a hot mess right now. You got to yeah. sort that out. And, um, the, the forward core, there's still some question marks for me. So inconsistent, uh, play across the board is going to lead to inconsistent results. And there we have it sitting at three, five and one. Three, four, and one. Don't, don't. Oh, or, sorry. Three, five, and one. Excuse me. Three, five, and one. You're right. You're right. Uh, but Noah Greger at nine twenty-two. I think we saw uh, Melker Carlson getting double shifted a couple of times tonight on the second line with Hurdle and Kane, uh, trying to see if anything can go with it. Uh, you know, any man in the comments. I have to wonder if Couture's comments post game translate to more than just tonight. In the wins, we skate as a team and look good. In the losses, it seems like we are disconnected and look rough. Uh, I think that's a good take in my mind. I, I think hit it spot on with that for sure. Um, Rocket, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's still a curse. There's something in the water in Buffalo that, <laughs> that we cannot just have it. Or maybe we, we just, the guys have just too many Buffalo wings and, and it affects their esophagus. I don't know. I mean, that's probably the first time we ever said esophagus on this program, but you know, I mean, there, all, there is also a, I have a pet theory, and that being that it is pretty close to the Toronto metropolitan area, and you do have a contingent of you know players that have family in the Toronto area. It could be the the um, uh, I guess trying to to play in in front of your family the, and that kind of being on the mind um that, again that's kind of a pet theory that i have but you i you know it's just who knows it, it's just one of those weird kind of stats you know it's it's also weird their travel schedule getting into buffalo so you know that that kind of accounts for why they didn't really start on time um again though eric i mean i just i to me, the the biggest problem and the most glaring problem that they have to figure out is their defensive zone coverage. I think it starts with that. And getting breakouts going the other way, I, I think, is huge. And to keep that puck possession as they get into neutral zone and into the attacking zone, I think that's going to be huge for them down the road to remedy. I think, it, it yeah, it starts with the defensive zone, but you also have to get it into your other zone in order to make it happen uh rob humphrey saying new rule no more family at games I, i'm not sure that's going to work out too well uh, with the family for sure uh any man saying 
The Sharks' average age of the roster today is 28.1 years old, which isn't horrible. Uh, and of course, AJ, with the silver lining, the last time the Sharks played in Montreal, they had a team meeting and won seven of their next eight. Just saying, hashtag deja vu. Uh, <laughs> Steve Cropper, you know, con- uh, you know, contradicting Rob, saying, "Bitd, bring in the dads." <laughs> So definitely have that going on there. Uh, Final stats on the night, 29-28 shots in favor of Buffalo uh, tonight. A 55-45 in favor of Buffalo in the faceoff circle. Sharks go 0 for 2. The Sabres get 1 on the power play. They go 1 for 4. Ends a great run by the Sharks on the the penalty kill. They still are looking really solid on, on that far to the special teams. Uh, hits 21 to 12 in favor of Buffalo blocks 11, six in favor of Buffalo. The Sharks lead six to five in the giveaways, uh, time on ice tonight. Like we mentioned earlier, Noah Greger, nine 22. Uh, you also had, uh, Marcus Sorensen at 10, 28. He also jumped on the third line a couple of times. Dylan Gambrell, congratulations. You got your first goal. You're only playing nine 54 tonight. Uh, was a tough thing. 33% in the faceoff circle. Uh, Evander Kane, a minus two. Patrick Marlowe with two assists on the night as well. So he gets on their EK65. A goal and an assist and a plus one. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, Brendan Dillon, plus two. Uh, and Tim Heed. Uh, obviously, uh, the Sharks are waiting for either Dalton Prout or Redeem Shimmick to get back uh, into things. Uh, apparently, they're on the road trip. But Tim Heed plays only 8.52 tonight. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I, and I think his how, confidence has to be shattered right now. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you continually trot out Tim Heed for 8.52? I, I, I just I don't understand it. I mean, yes, it is the beginning of the season, so the defensemen have a lot more in the tank, but still, you have to have consistency rotating the defensive pairs, and I think that that's part of the reason why we're having some um, deficiencies in the the defensive zone. Mind you, Tim Heed hasn't done much to really warrant more time on ice. You know, from, from everything that I've seen when he's on the ice... He seems very hesitant trying to move it through the zone, um, and he's he's very hesitant to unleash the heat howitzer, which I mean is awesome. So, uh, you know, is it it's kind of a chicken or the egg kind of thing with his confidence there? Is it because he's not getting enough time that you know he's not very confident, or is it that he needs more time to get more confidence? Who knows? But. You know, I the other thing is I don't really think this is sustainable. I, you can't just continually do that to the to the your defense core there. No, and and it's gonna be rough at the end. But when when Dalton Proud is is essentially better than Tim Heed according to the coaching staff, I mean that's that's pretty scary to uh to uh <laughs> to uh consider for sure. Um, Imanis, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Hello from Monterey. Not only do the Sharks 
never seemed to win in Buffalo. They never went on my birthday. I turned 45 today. They always ruined my birthday. We're sorry they ruined your birthday. We hope you had a nice birthday. Have some nice cake. I don't know, maybe some shark's goodies as gifts or uh, on that for sure. So, uh, Andy Man tapping that tank this heavy is already almost a guarantee to wear them out before April 1st. Ferrara checking in at 1033 isn't very stellar. Yep, and to have Burns at 2606, EK65 2732, Mark Edward Vlasic 2409, uh, Brendan Dillon 2146. Um, I, I mean, I know I know the Blackhawks won with like three, four defensemen in 2015 over the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the cup, but uh, you can't do that in late October. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I I think that uh, I just feel like the team has been a little mismanaged. I think that there needs to be a little bit more accountability to the uh, to the stars on the defense core. But I also think that there needs to be some better ice time utilization. I think Mario Ferraro has shown that he he's an NHLer. He's ready. I think he's ready for an, for an increased role. You know, I I wouldn't mind seeing him out there for 12 to, you know, 15 minutes in that range. Yeah. Um and maybe, you know, it's the fact that he's attached to Heed, so he's not getting as much time. But I tell you what, I don't want to see Dalton Prout go in for Heed <laughs> just to be a boat anchor to Mario Ferraro. I mean, that you want to nerf a kid's confidence. You put Dar- Dalton Prout with him. Um, and, and he's just a pylon. I mean, it's Roman Polak 2.0. Well, I, I think it's just a it's just a waiting game until Shimmick gets back. And, you know, I, I guess he had a little bit, or as AJ would say, a skosh of a setback. Uh, and But the good news is that he's on this road trip. I mean, it would be interesting to see what happens here. It would be also, if they're ready to go, it would be nice to maybe, if if things don't go well in Montreal, to get into Toronto on Saturday night. So, remains to be seen in that one. Uh, so, Sharks lose 4-3. to three. Uh, Martin Jones, 25-29 of 29 for an 862 save percentage. Uh, definitely had some stellar saves. I, I remember the one that, uh, what was it, um... I think it was in the third period. Stoning, I think it was Eichel uh, in the third period with a huge kick save and a beauty uh, to keep it going in there. So uh, let's see. Uh, Andy Mann saying, I'm not sure if anyone heard this on the radio in the first, but Hedekin was raving about Ferraro. Says for Ferraro to continue growing his game, he needs to be here and not with the CUDA. Um, I... I think you you completely agree for that very much so I, I i think it's not even a question anymore i think it's now just a question of can we get him some more ice time can he um you know thrive in the role that he's been given and he needs to be put into a position to thrive and right now it's suspect we'll leave it at that yep uh and i stand corrected the the leafs they play the Leafs on Friday night, Saturday night. I want to just make sure I clear that up. 
So, is it time? Yep. All right, let's make it happen. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. It's wrap around. Let's be real here. All right, the number of games that are in, in, that include Pacific Division teams happen tonight. Uh, Detroit loses 5-2 to Vancouver Canucks. And since Rocket's in the chat, I'll say it her way. Vertinen with, the, with his first goal this season. Uh, that turns out uh, to be one of five goals because Bo Horvat, Captain Canuck, Bo Horvat gets a hat trick uh, in this win uh, for the uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, who uh, continue the, to uh, get going at six and three. Did somebody say Vancouver. Mm. <laughs> uh, in Nashville, the Predators stomp all over the Ducks six to one. Uh, night all around for Pekka Rene, Yossi, Sissons, Grimaldi, Ekholm, Arvidsson, Yarncroft. Six different goal scorers. Uh, they even got a shorty in that one. Ducks fall to six and four on the campaign. The Predators five three and one. Uh, in Minnesota, that's right. The Edmonton Oilers get shut out by two goals from Eric Stahl and Hunt, uh, all in the first period. That would pave the way for a three nothing victory for the Minnesota Wild. So thank you very much for helping us out there. The Sharks are now last place in the Pacific Division thanks to a 3-2 victory by the Los Angeles Kings over the Winnipeg Jets. Andre Kopitar with a power play goal at 552 buries it in for the Kings. Currently going on 6.33 to go in the third period. Vegas is now 1-0. Kirby Doc uh, with the only goal at 16.15 in the first. That's his first NHL goal. Would you believe the Sharks didn't give it up to him? That's amazing. <laughs> just saying. Just putting that out there. So uh, keep an boy. eye on that. Uh, after two periods, the Flames are down 3-2 to two to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Ovechkin has his seventh of the season and a three goal, uh, five goals in the, in the second period between the Flames and, and the Capitals there. Uh, some other finals to tell you. Maple Leafs lose to Boston. That's a shocker. 4-2, to two, the final there. Kappen and Kerfoot for the Leafs, unfortunately, on the losing end as Pasternak, Marchand, Ritchie, and Lindholm get them for the Bruins. Uh, in over... Oh, that's not us. That's uh, in Florida, 4-2 to two, the final. The Panthers beat the Penguins. Sydney couldn't do it all. Uh... Huberto with his fourth. Bobrovsky uh, puts the Panthers to 4-2-3 and three on the campaign. And then finally, the Desert Dogs. Oh, excuse us. <sighs> winning Can over- somebody get this man a beer? That's right. Uh, the Desert Dogs win 3-2 to two in overtime to the Rangers at MSG. Christian Dvorak with his fourth of the season at 104 gets the game-winning goal. As Georgiev uh, loses uh, for the Rangers, D'Angelo with the only two goals for the Blue Shirts. So <laughs> a lot of people in the chat. Uh, hey, at least we're ahead of Dallas in the standings. 
Yeah. Joe Pavelski yeah. scored the other night as well. That's his second. Um, but, yeah, Dallas has been disappointed in, in yikes. Uh, is Jim Montgomery in the hot seat? Uh, Rob Humphrey, don't worry, gang. The Blues never won a cup and were terrible until January last year. We're right where we want to be. I wouldn't say that. And considering it took them 52 years and that's how they do it, it's, uh, uh, you know, so. Uh, so that's pretty much it for that one. The Sharks will now head up into the Great White North to start a back-to-back on Thursday as they go at it against two original six, or as Ian Reid would say, the arbitrary six teams of Montreal and Toronto. Um, thanks, schedule makers, for, for, for that one. <laughs> Appreciate it. At, at least you didn't send us to Ottawa first, then to Montreal, and then Toronto. You know, that would have been great. So what do you expect, uh, Landon? I, I, know what, I know what to get Steve Hatchapetros this Christmas. A map. <laughs> a map. A map for his uh, zigzagging uh, for the Sharks. Um, just coming up, I mean, look, again, you've got to kind of boil it back down to the basics. Yep. They've got to really figure out this de- defensive zone struggles. Um, you know, they there needs to be less selfish plays, especially – on the changes, um, as uh, Couture is, is uh, pointing out, they uh, they need some more consistent goaltending. I mean, they, they, they have to have a goaltender who can make the saves that he needs to make at at a you know at a minimum. I mean, minimum. That's what they need, right? And I think it's it's all around, you know, especially with the defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there, there are a lot of things to work on, but you know, it's, it's starting with the basics and that's what I want to see. I just want to see some more plays like Mario Ferraro standing up uh, guys at the blue line. And uh, let's, let's see some uh, Wookiee butt checks for, for crying out loud. Something, anything, uh, whatever it takes, uh, as long as it's legal, right? I mean, we're not the Vegas Golden Knights and can deliver headshots and get away with it. Right, Mark Stone? So, um, <laughs> in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, including the excellent intro that drove everybody nuts, check us out on TealTownUSA.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, you'll love it. And join us there. Uh, we also have some great uh post coming up i know felix has written written one up uh don't forget technologist dropped uh earlier this week if you haven't missed it uh aj and hockey jerk were on it and uh break down the week that was in sharks hockey uh so we'll be back with you on thursday uh around this time as the sharks will take on le habitant de montreal uh that game will start at 4 p.m we'll be back on here around the same time as we were so, uh, with that, final thoughts and where the people can find you, Mr. Eric Landy. Grab your francophones, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, be ready for that uh, uh, for that puck guy intro because you know it's coming. Um, 
I love you too, Landy. Thanks. <laughs> on the real, though, you can use my first name and my last name on all the social media garbage to find me. And uh, come uh, come start a conversation, preferably not in French. Merci. You can follow me on Twitter and the Instagram at PuckGuy14. You can also follow us on Teal Town USA, on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You name it, you love it. And so with that, uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday night. And, well... Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a win. Hopefully, there's a team meeting like there was last year in Montreal that they get this uh, this season turned around quickly at 3-5-1. and one. So, thanks for watching. Do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button over here. If you missed anything, check us out on Teal Town USA on the, all the social media. Don't forget the Pucknologist dropped. Check that out, along with all our other content on all our social media and tealtownusa.com. Until Thursday night, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Thursday.